Hey guys, Lena here and welcoming you to another podcast in our series, Comfort Food for the Soul. Uh, this is a ministry of Living with Power Ministries and uh, you can of course find us online, livingwithpower.org. And every week we uh, get a chance to open God's Word and spend some time focusing on what God wants for our lives. Uh, because therein is joy. As we live obediently and submissively uh, to God and His ways, uh, we find peace. And so today, no matter what brought you to this podcast, I believe with all my heart that God did and that He has a plan even in this teaching. So I am uh, picking different passages of Scripture. We are now on uh, week seven, and I've decided it's a ten-week series where I am talking about uh, my favorite passages of Scripture. And so we're getting to the good stuff now. Last week was awesome. Lamentations 3. This week, Romans 8. I mean, as soon, if you've been in church or read the Bible at all, then you know Romans 8 is an awesome passage of scripture. And I go there, I mean, it is one of the most worn, I'm looking at it right now, one of the most worn pages in my Bible. It is, uh, I keep going back there over and over again. I need to be reminded of its truth. And I pray that God will use it to comfort you today. I call today, I need comfort when I'm a complete mess. And, you know, it's funny, I was just thinking, I, I recorded a few minutes ago, the last, I kind of, I tend to record these in batches, like three or four at a time, and so I just did the one right before this, and I, I, I'm thinking, you probably think I'm a, I'm a complete wreck, I mean, last week we talked about when I lack true peace, now I'm talking about when I'm a complete mess, but look, I mean, I gotta be honest with you, um, my life is not perfect. Uh, you might think it is. Uh, there's a great things happening in my life. God is at work in my life, but but there's a lot of waiting on God for, and there are a lot of frustrations that come up in my days. And Satan has a way of making the small things seem big, and and sometimes the big things seem small. And I'm so easily derailed and distracted from what God wants for my life, and and that's why I spend time in the Word. And the more I focus my mind on God's Word, the more I pray, the more I ask God to to renew my mind with His Word, the more I find peace and joy. And so, even though I feel like a complete mess more often than not, God is changing me and growing me. And I just want to share with you some of the things that I've learned. And so today, it's going to sound like a lot of points, but really all I want to do, I'm actually committed to staying under 15 minutes if I can. I went a little over last time, but. Um, I appreciate your patience with that. I want to give you 10 points, which sounds like a lot, but I just, what I want to do is give you the verses and the points and just walk through Romans 8. You don't need much commentary with Romans 8. You can literally read it and find strength. You can read it and be comforted. You can read it and feel like you're at a Super Bowl. You know, it's like one of those, like, like you know, Sweet 16, you know, Final Four kind of passages of Scripture. And... Um, and so, I need comfort when I'm a complete mess. Here's the first point. When I'm a complete mess, I tend to blame myself for everything. And so, of course, you know Romans 8 starts with this verse. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And the fact that Paul writes it is, is evident to me that we tend to be people who self-condemn. And all that means is that we... Um, Take up like a, a whip and we whip ourselves constantly. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said this. And, and if I had done my part, God would have done his. And I'm not getting what I want because God is punishing me for something. And, and that is called self-condemnation. And it is not from God. God gives us the spirit of freedom. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If Christ has died for your sin, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, there is no one can come against you and condemn you. You are free. It goes on to say in verse 2, For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. It is incredible. It is mind-blowing. It is grace. I get so excited talking about grace because I... How can you not? I know what I deserve. I deserve punishment. 
But Christ died so that I could have life. He took my sin and gave me his righteousness. That's what happened when Jesus died on the cross. And so, no, of course I don't deserve it, but I have gladly received it, and I daily receive it. So when I'm a complete mess, I tend to blame myself for everything. But that's not truth. So, so this chapter reminds me to focus my mind on the fact that there is no condemnation for me. God has forgiven me. Now, listen, God may be convicting you of sin. And I found myself often in that place where I've sinned and I come to God and I feel not condemnation but conviction. And in that case, I pray that God will stir you up to... The, actually, that's the job of the Holy Spirit is to stir you up to repentance. And all repentance is is agreeing with God that you're wrong and changing your ways, making a complete turnaround. So I hope you do that today if you are... Uh, feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Here's a second thought. When I'm a complete mess, I forget that I am free. I love freedom. I grew up in West Beirut. I mean, we spend more time in the shelter than we did out on the street playing, you know, ball like American kids do, or at least they did in our imagination. And I still live in a neighborhood. I know things in the United States, sometimes you watch the news, you think it's all like going to hell in a handbasket. But the truth of it is, I still live on a street where you can play outside. I'm, I'm sitting on my desk right now. I'm looking outside. The neighbor kids are playing. And, uh, you know, there, there's still relative safety. Um I love that freedom. But think about it. Our freedom in Christ is even more. Paul wrote so much of the New Testament as a prisoner of the Roman soldiers and, and, and whoever had him in prison in a variety of different seasons in his life. And every time you would say, I am not a prisoner of them. I'm a prisoner of Christ. And what he was saying is, no one can touch me. I'm free in Christ. Galatians 5 verse 1 says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. And if you don't understand that freedom, then um, then you need to know the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to meet him and get into a relationship with him and, and understand what he's done for you on the cross. He's, he's paid the price for your sins so that you are free. You're given eternal life. And Romans 8 tells us, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free from Christ Jesus, from the law. Actually, if you keep reading that entire section, uh, uh, but let me give you the third point and I'll move into it. When I'm a complete mess, where I fix my mind determines my destiny. So, so if you keep reading some verses and get to verse 6, it says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Alright? So, so if you want to stay a complete mess, then you fix your mind on the flesh, on the things of this world, on your own abilities and strength, which are usually weak compared to the problems in our life. So, so Paul says, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. So he goes on to say, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not actually... Um, let me save that verse for a second. So, so kind of let me, let me recap a bit what's happening in Romans. Basically, Paul is talking about the fact that we tend to, 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 to self-condemn, but we are to be reminded that there is no condemnation to us if we are in Christ Jesus. So if you're a mess and you're tempted to blame yourself for all your problems, you might be to blame, but you can come back to God and say, Listen, Lord, I am sorry about what I did. Now I've got to walk in the freedom that you've given me. And so you remind yourself of the freedom that Jesus purchased for you on the cross, but then you've got to fix your mind on the truth. And where you fix your mind, it, it's, it really comes down to that. Are you setting your mind on the spirit or on the flesh? And as Christians, even though we have new life in Christ, we still have the flesh. We're living here on this earth. And our entire life, until we get to heaven or Christ returns, is a process of sanctification, of growing, of, of 
dying to self and living for God. And, and that happens, by the way, as we uh, reckon ourselves to be dead to self and to sin. And a great chapter to read, by the way, is Romans 6 that kind of clarifies that. I'm not going to get into too much of that today, but, but, but you've got to set your mind on the Spirit. And to do so, um, of course, is to fill your mind with God's Word. Do not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And that happens as you fill your mind, not with what Hollywood tells you, not with what television tells you, but with this Word of God. And, and, and so listen to podcasts that preach God's Word. Um, watch TV shows or, or movies. You know, you might like watching movies. My nephews love movies, but instead of watching garbage, they're very selective in the things that they watch. And so instead of reading nonsense books, you know, my nephews have taught me so much. They've been reading the biographies of great missionaries. And so they'll tell me these stories of awesome missionaries, and I see it in their faces, how much their mind being fixed on, on, on godly things are just growing them in, in, in their Christ-likeness. And so the same can happen to you. Stop thinking negative things and start thinking the truth of God's Word. Here's a fourth thought. When I'm a complete mess, God is still my Father. I keep saying this because I'm so moved by it. My pastor, Bill Heibel, said it a few weeks ago. God is a... We, we serve a good, good Father. And, and I, I tend to forget that. I get into a punitive mode with God and I think, you know, he's punishing me or he, he's not blessing me because I must have done something wrong. And that's not, these are lies. Don't give room to lies in your life. Listen to what Paul says in Romans 8. He says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And, and that word Abba is a sensitive, gentle word it's like you can call God the Father, Daddy. And and I know that sounds hokey. I, don't, I never called my dad, Daddy. But I think the, the point of, when I've heard people say that, sometimes I roll my eyes, like, I, you know, that sounds weird. But all that means is that is that there's a relational intimacy with God as your Father. And, and, and we might not always, I'm blessed with a very loving and godly Father. And I'm so, earthly Father, I mean. But, but whether you have an earthly Father or not, we have... Uh, a heavenly father who loves us so much. My friend, she's um, she's in a same-sex marriage, and her daughter is is reading uh, the Word of God, and they, they're kind of they're journeying. Uh, my friend is journeying with Jesus now. She's she's I'm discipling her, and she's walking closer to the truth, and 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 she's teaching her daughter how to grow in God's Word. And I'm so moved by a story she told me recently, where her daughter was telling the grandma about her father, and and the grandma was puzzled because she's like, I don't you don't have a father, you have two moms, and so she's trying be sensitive and all of that and 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 the little girl you know she just broke out she goes yes i have a father his he's god and he loves me he's a good father and i just the girl is four years old and she could recognize that you don't need an earthly father to know that you have a heavenly father so if you've been you know given a you know bad family life and, and you want to kind of you know go to the grave thinking that i'll never understand god because i don't have a good father listen you can move past that God is a good, good father. And, 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 and just start hanging on to the truth. I, I love um, uh, Brennan Manning. He's written a lot of books, Ragamuffin Gospel and some other books. And, and, and one of the books that he, you know, one of the things he teaches in his books is to approach God in prayer and just pray this one sentence, Abba, I belong to you. Abba, I belong to you. Abba, I belong to you. And just repeat it to yourself throughout the day. And I, I'm telling you, I have to make an exercise of reminding myself 
that God doesn't view me as, you know, I'm not like an officer in his army. And, and the better I perform, the more he blesses me. That is not the kind of relationship we have with God. He's not a judge. He's not a policeman waiting to pull you over the minute you make a mistake. He's a good, good father who's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's always there, always faithful. So when I'm a complete mess, I remind myself that God is still my father. And it's not something I'm making up out of my own head. No, it is a truth from God's word. And Romans 8 reminds me of that. Here's the next thought. When I'm a complete mess, I remember that this is not the end. See, we tend to, to forget that. And so in Romans 8, and from verses 18 to 25, basically, Paul says this, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed. So, so he spends all these verses, I'm not going to read them all for time's sake, but basically he remembers that we are just passing through this life. This is not the end. If you're suffering right now, God is going to use the suffering to draw you closer to Him and to make you more Christ-like. But, but know that we're passing through this earth to a better home, to a heavenly home. Hebrews 11 is an awesome chapter to read, by the way, that will encourage you in that. So, so if you're a complete mess right now, remember that this is not the end. It's going to get better. And hopefully here on this earth, it will get better. But even in heaven, it's definitely going to get better. And so don't give up. Don't lose hope. And then listen to this. And next point, when I'm a complete mess, the Spirit prays for me. Listen to this verse. Likewise, in verse 26, the Spirit, that's the Spirit of God. That's the one we're focusing our minds on. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for word. So, so I sometimes admit to you, I don't know how to pray. I mean, I'm learning, and my prayer life is growing tremendously this year. I praise God for the difficulties that I've gone through because they're teaching me how to pray. And God has to get us to a place where we pray in faith and we wait in faith and we believe in faith. But, but, but the truth is, I'm 30 years in the faith and I still don't know how to pray. Think about that. And some of you are naturally better at praying. I'm a better worker than prayer. Prayer is a lot of words. Sometimes I feel like I'm wasting my time. I've got to be doing the work. And God is reminding me and teaching me that prayer is the work. And so, so I read this verse and I'm so encouraged to know that even when I don't know what to say, do you ever find, like, I sit to pray and I just don't know how to even start, especially when I feel like I'm a complete mess. I don't know where to begin. And, and what I'm reminded in this verse is that you don't have to give God the plan. Prayer isn't you saying, okay, God, I figured it out. Here's the plan. Now you make it happen. That's like going to God like he's a genie in a, in a bottle. But that's not what prayer is. Prayer is, is coming, you know, it's coming to the point in your life where you see God as sovereign and in control of your life. And where you bring your will under his and you try to understand what's happening. It's, it's a relational aspect of, of, you know, it's not a to-do list prayer. It's a to-be place. Does that make sense? And, so, and, so I'm, and, and on top of it, what he's saying is, it, it, is, is that he is praying for you, the Spirit. So that you don't always have to know exactly what to say. You can just groan and you can just sit and be with God. And, and he's still got you covered. And, and that, I, I love that. I, that gives me freedom. And that is comfort food for my soul. All right, just a few more points. And we're going to go past the 15 minutes. I apologize. But we're good. This is awesome, isn't it? I love it. Okay, here's one. When I'm a complete mess, I need to be reminded that everything is going to turn out just fine. Romans 8.28, you've been building up to this verse, and we know that all that for those who love God, all things, all things, all things, not some things, not my things, not their things, not the things that you didn't do, you know, we didn't sin in, all things, all things, all things work together for good. Can I say that again? We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. 
for those who are called according to his purpose. If you are a child of God, if you come to him in the name of Jesus and you call him Father because you have believed in him and have received the sacrifice on the cross, then you can claim this verse that somehow, sometime, all things in your life are going to work out for good. And when I'm a complete mess, I need that verse. How about you? All right, a couple more. When I'm a complete mess, Jesus Christ is my security. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, in verse 31, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Like, like Christ is your security. There's nothing he will give you. Like, if you're like, I'm not sure God wants, you know, he, he gave you his son. So, so that job you need, or that bill you need to pay, or, or that, 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 team you want to make so bad, or that ministry, or that speaking engagements that I'm going for that I'm not getting, and I feel for that book deal, whatever it is, you know, that, that marriage that you're hungry for, that child that won't do what you're trying, you know, it's nothing. He gave you his son. How can he not freely give you all, all things? Which just goes to reason that if he has it, there must be a good reason for it. And if he's delayed, there must be a reason for the delay. Don't you fall for the lie that he doesn't care about you. He gave you his own son. Nothing else is going to even come close in terms of giving and sacrificing for you. And so take confidence in that. If he is for you, who can be against you? And he is for you. He gave you Jesus. And then two more thoughts. When I'm a complete mess, God's love never, ever leaves me. So in... in um, in verse, um, I don't know, 34, 35, it says, Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who was at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Now, here you go. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Shall singleness or difficult marriages? Shall, shall, shall bosses that are never happy with us? Shall our lack of time to do the things that we want, shall our budgets that are limited and, and, and the lack of vacations while everybody else is going on beautiful vacations, shall that limit us from the love of God? No, my friend, nothing, nothing. Shall our difficult small group leader limit us? No, nothing is going to limit you from the love of God. Shall a stupid blog that I don't agree with or a Facebook update that gets me, whatever it is that, that, that you might be derailed by. I get emails from people all the time and they tell me how little things have derailed them and I just want to be like, listen, and I kind of say it to myself, I, I need people to tell it to me when I'm in that place. Nothing, 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 my friend, is going to separate you from the love of God. No tragedy, no hurt, no woundedness, no trial, no nothing is going to separate you from the love of Christ, which is the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And then the last thought is this, when I'm a complete mess, I can still overcome victoriously. No, in all these things, Paul goes on to say, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Listen, is Jesus your Lord? Is God your Father through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross for you? then you know that you have already overcome. There's nothing that you're going to face today or in this lifetime that has not already been overcome by the power of Christ on the cross. 
We are more than conquerors, my friend. You are more than a conqueror through him who loved us. So maybe you feel like your life is a complete mess. And today you need to spend some time in Romans 8 and ask God to open your heart and break down those walls and remind you that he is a God who you can call Father. He's good. And he's going to work out every detail of your life. Nothing is going to separate you from his love. If God is for you, who can be against you? He didn't spare his son for you. Is he not graciously going to give you all things in his perfect timing? You hang your hat on that, my friend. You hold on to this truth and don't let anything rip it away from your heart. It is not my truth. It's not my words. I'm not giving you a motivational speech. I just read Romans 8 to you and gave you a few comments to throw in. My words are nothing compared to God's words. And yet, so many of us live beneath the security and the joy that he assures us in Christ. May we change. May God forgive us for our disbelief. And may he strengthen us in faith by his love. So email me and, and, and let me know how you're doing. Lena at livingwithpower.org or just check the website livingwithpower.org. I'm here for you and know that I'm praying for you. I'll see you next week.